This is the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast. I am your host, David Flores, CEO of Global Track Solutions. And as many of you know, back at the end of 2020, we here at Global Track Solutions and Psychedelic Spotlight became proud investors in the Conscious Fund. And joining me here today is one of the co-founding members of the Conscious Fund, Richard Scaife. Richard, thank you so much. It is a honor and a privilege to have you here with us on the show. How are you doing today? And likewise, David, I'm, I'm doing very well. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit late here in Europe, but uh, we're used to that. Yeah, well, we appreciate you making the time to come on. Uh, so back in January, I had the uh, the privilege of having your your partner there at the Conscious Fund, Henri Sancassia, here on the show. We had an opportunity to talk to him a little bit about his background and uh, what led him to becoming involved with the Conscious Fund. So I would like to take a little bit of time here to get to know a little bit about you, your background, how sure. maybe uh, specifically you became involved in the VC world and what led you here in the last couple of years to become involved in the medicinal psychedelic space? It was really, an, I think everything that's happened in my career has been what well, you could say it was either fate or an accident. Um, I ended up getting my first job in venture capital 20 years ago, um, working for the corporate ventures arm of a mobile telecoms company. I mean, I certainly knew what a mobile telecoms company was, but I probably wasn't too familiar with what a corporate ventures arm was. Um, uh, it was a whole lot of fun. Um, it, it led me to um, uh, finding myself in the middle of the electronic music world because I was kind of responsible for doing cool things for the mobile phone operator. Uh, and that was um, putting uh, sponsorship money into very big, what the Americans would call sort of EDM raves. Um, um, I then ended up being offered a job. Um, so I found myself working for my favorite electronic music brand um, and then putting on a lot of those EDM raves. Uh, I got to see um, the behavior of large groups of people um, when they're in an alternative state of mind. Um, and that sort of really fascinated me because I hadn't really had a great deal of uh, sort of personal exposure um, uh, at that juncture. Um, I then sort of moved on from that after a few years. Um, I ended up setting a ventures incubator um, and I was really afforded the opportunity to kind of do anything that I wanted. And I'd always had a fascination um, with, with magic and mentalism um, as a kid. Um, uh, I had a magic shop, which I used to run for my parents' shop when I think I was like 12 years old. Um, <laughs> it wasn't very successful. Um, but um, <laughs> I ended up reaching out. It's a really strange story. So I ended up reaching out to... Um, a gentleman who's responsible for the behavioral psychology of um, a, a very famous mentalist who's on UK TV called Darren Brown, who's a bit of a bit of a hero of mine. And um, I ended up doing an app with this this doctor, doc, uh, Professor Richard Wiseman, uh, called Dream On, which did millions of downloads, was covered on everything from Anderson Cooper to the LA Times. And it was to see if we could actually change people's dreams. It was a large experiment. Um, and it was funny because the conversation with Richard didn't start about doing an app like this. Um, it was actually about sort of um, more general health tracking of executives who were traveling. And it was always a kind of a, you know, I think this is a guy who's made his living from making people do things that they weren't perhaps expecting they were going to do was 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 I always going to be doing an app about dreaming anyway long story short um I, and I, that was a science experiment so I kind of then thought well you know 
could I could I do something which is um, uh, you know sort of more sort of commercially focused, more on the mental health space side of things? So I ended up launching a um, very successful mental health app called DigiPill. Um, it came out at the same time as formats such as Calm and Headspace, um, and it's still on the app store today. Um, but unlike Calm and Headspace, which actually all came out of the UK. Um, Oh, you know, I didn't jump on a plane and raise money from the West Coast VCs. I kind of listened to what the European VCs were saying, um, sadly, which was, well, we don't really think sort of mindfulness is going to be a, a thing. You know, is, is it really, um, you know, a commercial category? And I ended up then becoming a VC. Um, so I was kind of can't be and join them. Um, I, I was fortunate to be introduced to Henri. Um, and we just sort of started to kick around um, what it would look like to create a uh, a West Coast style uh, of investing um, in a brand new category, uh, which is psychedelic medicine. So this was probably two and a half years ago. We realized it was probably a little bit too early. There was only a couple of um, companies out in the market, but we could see that there was something there. So we kept our, our eyes um, on it. And in March, uh, April uh, 2020, uh, we started to make our first investments and uh, yeah, it's been pretty nonstop for the uh, for the last twelve months. Yeah, there's been a lot going on in the last twelve it months. And it doesn't look like it did twelve months ago. That that much right. I can tell you. Yeah, no, most definitely. And so, I mean, since we announced our investment into the Conscious Fund, I know I've been approached by several folks uh, asking, you know, what is it about the Conscious Fund that encourages and excites me the most? And I mean, for me, that's it's a simple question to answer. You know, being so plugged into the industry and seeing the you know, the work that you guys have done in the last 12 months or so here in assembling a very impressive portfolio of companies within the medicinal psychedelic space. And, we're, you know, we're talking companies like Atai Life Sciences, Cybin, Gilgamesh. Most recently, we saw a health, which we'll talk about in a moment here. But these are companies that, you know, maybe in the early stage of development, but at least in my opinion, have established a very solid foundation beneath them and I think have the potential of becoming key players in this industry as it continues to materialize and develop over the next several years. Do you want to maybe elaborate a little bit on that and sort of what the selection process has looked like for you and Henri in terms of selecting the companies that you have chosen to go out and bring into the funds portfolio? Sure, sure. I mean, um, uh, well, firstly, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, portfolio selection is uh, is obviously a very important part of being a VC, and and it, it and for me, in many ways, it goes much further than whether this company is is going to be successful in an in an individual sense. We we try and look for um, companies which are going to have high degrees of synergies uh, between each other, uh, and a really great example of that will be a deal which has just very recently been announced uh, between Magic Med and uh, April 19 um, for the creation of the Psy AI initiative. Um, and April 19 is a, a portfolio company of the Conscious Fund, um, which is focused on using machine learning and artificial intelligence in drug discovery and also in patient safety. Uh, and Magic Med, another portfolio company of ours, um, is an intellectual property library. So two, um, you know, two highly complementary companies uh, you know, working with each other very, very early on. And, and that's what we really like to sort of try and find is, is, is companies which are going to have huge degrees of, of synergy with each other. Yeah, and I think that's so important. It's almost like assembling a puzzle. And I see where you guys are looking at each company, you know, and making sure that it fits and just not throwing yes. in companies yeah. in, into the fund yeah. just for the sake yeah. of it. So it seems like that's been part of the process, right? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, you, you, can sort of look, you, you can put them all up on a wall and you can join these these sort of lines and say, hey, look, we've got, you know, in the background, you can see I'm, I'm, uh, I'm using the screen of, of Hive, which is, uh, um, you know, next generation psychedelic medicine centers, the location uh, in Gozo, which is the sister island to Malta, which is home for me. Well, having those those last mile locations is super important when you're investing into uh, drug discovery companies, um, being able to use the patient safety technology from April 19 in your own locations. Um, you know, it is, again, just another way that you can sort of bring these these companies together in synergy. Yeah, most definitely. Very impressive. And I know one of the uh, companies that was recently added into the funds portfolio is Wisana Health. And for folks yep. out there, maybe not familiar with the company, uh, the company's co-founder and CEO is Daniel Carcillo. Uh, his story has really resonated, uh, at least in my opinion, quite effectively here throughout society. Uh, his story of suffering from TBI, depression, anxiety, PTSD. I've seen a story featured on HBO's Real Sports, ESPN, Forbes, the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, and so, you know, I think now the work that Daniel is involved in with Wisana Health in developing a company that's going to focus on solutions for uh, TBI, depression, anxiety, and PTSD is very exciting and encouraging. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that partnership came together and the potential that you believe exists here with Wisana Health? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've known Daniel for quite some time, um, which, you know, uh, in, in, in this world, when you're generally working in a sort of very much you know virtual environment is very reassuring um and uh you know he, he, you know he's obviously uh he tells a very very um open and uh you know candid story in terms of uh you know he has no he has no shame in, in sharing that and i think that's that's great that you've got somebody who's a, a ceo who's prepared to be that raw and, and open um so yeah when daniel approached us and told us what he was doing and we looked at the team that he'd assembled around him um it, it was you know for us it was an absolute um you know, no-brainer. We we uh we we had we had to support him. So yeah, we were uh, you know fully behind that project into the seed round. Um, you know, and uh, you know it is a uh, it's a great example of of somebody who's using their you know their their very strong media profile for the good of the psychedelic industry. Um, initially as an advocate and, and now as a CEO and arguably I, I don't think there's another CEO in the space who has the same uh, media profile as Daniel uh, and he's you know shown himself to be a you know a fairly strong uh, CEO uh, and has incredible domain understanding um, of, of what he's working in. Yeah, most definitely. Now, I mean, as much excitement as momentum as we've seen here develop surrounding our industry, the medicinal psychedelic industry here in the last year or so, at least from my perspective, I, I still think from the investment community perspective that there is still some hesitation in, in terms of trying to identify where the potential is here with the psychedelic space. I mean, I think for individuals like you and myself who are so well connected in this space, we see and understand that potential. But as a venture capitalist, you know, I would love for you to maybe talk a little bit about where that potential exists from your own perspective and where you see this space going here and where you think the value is going to exist as this industry continues to evolve over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, as a as another as another VC uh, says, so I'll uh, so I'll, I'll pinch you say and I'll try and paraphrase it correctly. So you know, we're not at the starting line; we're still sat on the sofa at the moment. Um, <laughs> apologies, Simeon, if I got it wrong. Um, but 
it really is day zero. And I, I think the most fascinating thing about this this space is um, it, it is the fact that really, you know, the volume of research which is taking place is a reflection, you know, of the last 12 or 18 months. Uh, and there really has only been a significant, you know, um, amount of research done in the last two to three years. So when you look at any other sort of category of medicine or science uh, or it's you know the application of technology in that category it just hasn't happened so you know we are going to be blessed i think with revelation after revelation discovery after discovery for quite some time i think there's going to be uh, an inordinate amount of of new areas uh, where psychedelics uh, are applicable which we don't necessarily at this moment associate with psychedelic medicine um so a lot of the kind of low-hanging fruit um, is being very well um, looked after. Uh, we try and encourage entrepreneurs not to focus uh, their energy and their efforts and skills on those because I think that those categories have pretty much already been um, sealed off um, and it will be challenging to sort of raise money in those categories. But there are huge amounts of areas, uh, and I would argue probably even perhaps even more complex areas, where the smartest of minds will will really start to sort of focus on those areas. And that's where we'll see, I think, kind of almost this kind of this next generation of companies um, who at this moment in time, I probably don't even exist. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, we're still such at the very beginning stage. I mean, we're in the infancy. Yeah. Of it. Uh, so there's still so much ahead of us here. Um, yeah, I mean, we we haven't yet. We've expressed, you know, with the exception of Pravato, there isn't actually a psychedelic medicine which is yet, you know, FDA approved. Um, I, I think we're going to start to see those first approvals within the next, you know, twelve to eighteen months. Um, and at that point, then there is a seismic reframing in, you know, people's minds in terms of the validity of these medicines. Um, most people are not aware that, you know, Spravato exists. Um, um, and you know, it, it sounds quite a, quite innocuous. It's like spravato. I don't really, I don't. What does that mean? But when you say to somebody MDMA therapy, they know what you're talking about, or they certainly know about MDMA, and maybe not understanding that there's a therapeutic um, part to it and a therapeutic um, version uh, of MDMA. Um, so yeah, I think w- when that happens, um, and uh, we start to see. You know, the first psilocybin uh, treatments uh, being approved, um, be that in the US or you know, even more potentially in sort of Canada in terms of the different sort of legal approaches that are applied there, then that's going to have a seismic change in terms of people's willingness to accept the validity of these medicines. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I mean, we were talking before we came on here a little bit about some of the progress that's being made in the legislative side of things, particularly here in the US. Uh, of course, we all know what's going on with Oregon. They approved Measure 109, the Psilocybin Assisted Therapy Initiative. That's going to be rolling out here. I know California is looking at uh, decriminalizing you know, psychedelics. So there's just so much going on. And again, I think we're still very much in the infancy of this industry. So I think it's so exciting to know what I think lies ahead here for us. Um, but Richard, before I let you go, you know, it's Challenging of a year as 2020 was uh, for society and just a lot of people. I, I really look at it as a very important year for psychedelics. I think the industry itself made a lot of uh, very significant steps forward. I know the Conscious Fund, you guys really used it as your launching pad. Um, with that in mind, you know, do you want to maybe share a little bit about what, you know, being in the position we are here now in 2021 and trying to, you know, 
jump off of that momentum that we had in 2020 <laughs> and where we're going here yeah. in 2021. Um, you know, I know recently the, the Conscious One announced the Conscious Acquisition Company. If you want to touch just a little bit on that and yeah. what lies ahead here uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that there's there's real sort of hope on the horizon in terms of people being able to sort of meet again. It's fascinating that we've built so many wonderful business relationships, co-founded companies, invested in entrepreneurs, raise money from from our investors, and then you kind of step you stand back and you go, isn't this really weird? We've actually yet to meet face to face. Um, so you know, there's going to be this moment in time where huge numbers of people have the first opportunity to all meet. Um, uh, so I think that's something which is going to hopefully happen towards the, you know, the, the mid sort of sort of mid end of the year. Um, undoubtedly, you know, groups who are operating, um, you know, more and more sort of therapy locations are going to be able to, you know, put more patients through there. People are going to be able to travel again. Um, and there's going to be, uh, you know, a huge demand uh, and necessity uh, for those as part of a post sort of COVID world. And so many people have really sort of lost that that sort of intimacy and connection uh, with people over the last, you know, 12, 12, 13, 14 feels like it could be 18 months. Um, so, yeah, I think as we open up, you know, the, the sort of the therapy centers um, are going to become more and more busy uh, groups who've had to sort of close down and, slow down their, their clinical trials are going to be able to sort of spin those back up again um you know conferences the ability for people to sort of network and meet will start to occur um so you know with all of that it, you know all of those challenges that we've had as a, as a as a sector it's incredible to see what's happened in you know 2020 and i i guess only time will tell whether actually you know, everybody having to work remotely uh, and being able to communicate with people all over the world and it not being weird, you know, going into business with people that you've never met, whether it actually was on reflection, the thing which really sort of, you know, lit the uh, the fuse on this category. It, it may have actually been the enabler because um, things had to be done differently. Uh, yeah, and to your, your question on the, the conscious acquisition company, Super excited. Um, been working on that initiative now uh, for quite some time. Um, uh, it, it is a range of thematic special purpose acquisition companies. Um, uh, and a special purpose acquisition company is designed as a mechanism uh, to take a private company public. Um, and we see um, a lot of validity um, in those SPACs, especially for teams who are, you know, sort of very, very science heavy and, and really don't want the responsibility of, of running a public company, um, but would really like to be able to access the capital markets and liquidity that comes from it. So, yeah, we think SPACs will be uh, a very interesting part of psychedelic medicine. And obviously we're super excited to be the, the first group to, to announce their, their SPAC strategy. Very exciting. And well, I mean, Richard, you know, as someone that's not only just a, an investor in the Conscious Fund, but uh, a passionate ally for psychedelic healing and psychedelic treatment, you know, I just want to commend and thank you so much for everything that uh, you and Henri and the Conscious Fund are doing here, helping to move things forward with psychedelics. I think it's so important in helping to give these companies in this space really the opportunity to get off and running. And so I really am excited to be a part of the Conscious Fund through our investment. And I really look forward to continuing to follow all of the wonderful work that you guys are doing over there. Pleasure. And thank you very much for your support, David. Thank you very much, Richard. We'll talk soon.
Global Track Solutions, Inc. and Psychedelic Spotlight does not in any way encourage or condone the use, purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances, nor do we encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activities. We support a harm reduction approach for the purpose of education and promoting individual and public safety. If you are choosing to use psychedelic substances, please do so responsibly. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast are those of their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Psychedelic Spotlight and Global Track Solutions, Inc.